There goes that man's jock strap. <laughs> oh my god, did you see that? <laughs> America's team? Yeah, right. Oh, baby, it's a big day in sports. There's nothing like battling it out with your teammates all season long to go win a championship. Green Bay's got it this year. Huge move for him. I think it's going to be a game changer. We have a lot to talk about this busy week in the sports world. Welcome to the In a League of Their Own podcast. Hello, everyone. Today we have a special interview for you guys. From the small town of Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, he played three years of hockey D1 for the University of Minnesota Mankato, followed by a four-year stint with the Buffalo Sabres in the NHL, offensive defenseman Casey Nelson. Hey, how's it going, man? Thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so, um, yeah, another great interview lined up. Um, again, we appreciate ha- appreciate having you on, kind of. Everybody that we have on, we basically go from the time you remember basically some of your first memories of sports all the way through the end. So kind of kicking us off here, growing up in Wisconsin Rapids, at what age did you start out on skates and kind of pick up your first stick in some of your earliest hockey memories? Um, I was told that I started skating when I was two, but I didn't start actually playing until I was three at some point. I, I actually just, we, we took me and my, so my family came here for, uh, came down to Arizona here for Christmas and we actually talked about that. <laughs> so, <laughs> hey, we just got to go by hearsay now with my parents, so. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, like other than hockey growing up, um, what other sports did you do? Um, I mean, in, in addition to, again, youth hockey, were there other sports that you really excelled at at a young age? Yeah, for sure. I mean, T-ball, I was one of the best T-ball guys. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I played, I played baseball up until I think like fourth or fifth grade. Um, that was kind of done after that. Um, and then I, I played a lot of soccer growing up. Um, then I got into tennis in seventh grade. I actually really enjoy that, and me and my wife play a lot of that. But, I mean, I, I, I like to do pretty much anything, honestly, growing up. Um, but I mainly actually played competitively with just soccer, hockey, and uh, tennis uh, around high school time. So, In high school, did you compete in anything besides hockey? Yeah, I, so I played soccer up until I think it was ninth grade, and then that's, that's when I actually – uh, stopped playing soccer and then went not full-time tennis, but I, I played tennis actually instead. Um, and then obviously hockey. So, um, yeah, just those two after, after a certain point, kind of when hockey went, I guess, full-time, then I stopped playing soccer and picked up tennis. So then that kind of, uh, ties into the, I guess the second part question of the other sports. So at what point you said you kind of leaned more into the two sports coming down the stretch knowing it out at what point did you fully commit to hockey that you're like all right this is this is going to be a long-term thing I see a lot of potential with this we're going to sell the rest of this aside and hockey it is from here on out yeah I mean probably around that ninth grade point uh not not that I thought not that I knew anything would turn out right I mean it wasn't a I'm going to do this but like only this and I'm going to do it full, full time. Like I was still doing other stuff. Um, And that's why, and that's what I always preach like to younger kids now is like, they're getting 
to that single sport at like, gosh, like elementary school. And it's just ridiculous. So, I mean, a multi-sport athlete, I still think is the best route to go for pretty much everyone. But um, no, I mean, you was kind of at that ninth grade point, eighth, eighth, ninth grade, somewhere in there where um, not necessarily, you know, you're going to, I guess, make a job out of it or even make a division one college. I mean, nothing like that. It was more so just uh, probably more so for ease with my parents <laughs> traveling around. Um, but no, I, it was right around that point where kind of not really got serious, but you kind of just uh, cut some things off. So it's easier on them too. For sure. And then um, again, going through youth hockey, kind of getting closer into juniors, um, as you start to develop your own play style, what would you say is the player that you looked up to growing up and tried to mimic your play style after? Um, I would say definitely early on, like uh, I liked Eric Carlson a lot. Um, not that I could do anything that he could do, but um, that was definitely one of the players that I, I looked up to. Um, I mean, Lindstrom, he was insane. Uh, just obviously stupid skilled, but he just played all around. Um, I was definitely an offensive guy up until early in my pro career. So that was kind of um, going off of them. Um, but then when I started settling in, um, after my first or second year, um, I, I went more towards a shutdown, shutdown kind of guy for those top couple lines, just the, just because I could skate. So, oh, sorry guys. Um, so yeah, I mean definitely Eric Carlson growing all the way up, but uh, there's just so many right that, and I used to watch a ton of hockey, so. I would, I would pretty much watch every, everyone and kind of kind of take a hybrid style between a, a few players. Sounds good. So then going from playing at, you, you know, just the high school level, I know I don't think you played for Team Wisconsin, did you? No, I never made Team Wisconsin. No. Same boat. So then after you left to go to juniors, you went up to play in Alaska. What was that like for – you know, your first experience of getting out of Wisconsin playing hockey at that next level? Yeah. So, I mean, like out of high school, I didn't have any invites anywhere to any camps. So I, I literally went to two open junior camps. Um, the first one was Janesville. Um, I believe I had a good camp, um, but I, I still wanted to go. I think it was the following weekend, even right away for the Alaska camp. Um, so I got my options open. I went to that one. And I kind of went with uh, where they wanted me the most. And I think that's why I chose Alaska. So, um, but yeah, I went, I went to Alaska. That was, <laughs> seems like it's been like 20 years, but um, no. So I went to Alaska and played there for the first two years of my junior career. And it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, my second, my first year was definitely just from being a home in my, like my first year moved away from home. Right. Uh, I definitely got a little homesick, I would say the first year. And I, I really noticed the dark. Uh, I mean, shit, we'd go into the rink and it would be dark and then we'd come out and it'd basically be dark again. So <laughs> we'd spend, I don't know, four or five hours in the rink doing everything. And then we'd get out finally and it's, it's already going down. So um, it was definitely harder my first year, but my second year is probably one of my funner years, uh, 
so far. Um, I actually moved in partway through the year with Evan Jansen uh, and me, me and him were roommates and there, we had a couple of snowmobiles that we'd rip around. Um, so that was definitely uh, a highlight year was that year. That's awesome. And then following that season up, I believe you went and played one year for Johnstown. Yeah. And then after that, you went to Mankato. Was that did you get a scholarship to go play there or was it a partial? How, yeah. how did you end up going there? Yeah. So I went to Jane or Johnstown there. So our, our team, our roster actually got, or our team got sold. So the Alaska team got sold. So the roster moved to uh, Johnstown. Um, and then I, I played that season. It was, it was actually awesome. The place, uh, I don't know if you've been to the war Memorial there in Johnstown, um, but that's the classic rink and slap shot. Um, so that was our home rink and it was, it was actually pretty rowdy, uh, the whole year, uh, just cause it was inaugural, inaugural year there. And, uh, so I, I played that season throughout and then I went to, gosh, what's it called? Oh, top prospects tournament towards the end of the year. There's just the NHL top prospects tournament. And that's, uh, that's where I committed to Mankato. Um, Actually, after right after the last, I hope I can still say this, but right after the last game, I stepped off the ice and I, I committed the Mankato with the coach right there. Uh, my brother was already there. So, I mean, that was like, it was somewhat, I mean, that's where I wanted to go, right? I mean, me and my brother were three years apart. So we never, the only chance that we had to play together was when I was in ninth grade and he was in 12th grade in high school but I didn't, I didn't play varsity in my freshman year with him. So um, that was definitely part of my decision to go there, but I've also visited there a few times um, in the, in the previous couple of years when he was already there. So. So then what was that like also being a part of Mankato? Obviously since you've been there, what was that probably 10 ish years ago, give or take? Yeah. Or was it, it even was longer than that? Close. Uh, I think it was so 15, 16 was my last year there. So 13, 14 was my first year, my freshman year there. So give or take not eight, nine years. Yeah. They've been relevant top of the country. You know, their teams have always been pretty good. Was that the type of atmosphere you were walking into when you went there? Were they like, all right, this is the change of what we're doing for the future. Yeah. I mean, it was definitely uh, like the previous two years, I want to say, um, before I got there, um, it was their first two years to go to uh, the tournament. So, and that was because um, Hastings got there. Um, I think it was three, three years prior to me getting there. Hastings basically came in and flipped the whole program around. I just turned it completely around because it was, it was a bit of a, it's not, let's just say it's not, uh, how, how it was right now. So it, it completely flipped the whole program to relevant. And, uh, I mean, it's only gone up from there. Uh, I mean, my sophomore year, we're one number one seed in the whole tournament. Uh, that that's when we lost to RIT. Yeah. First round. So 16 seed beat, uh, number one seed, but no, I mean, they're doing crazy things and this year. Um, I think they've got a real, another, you know what I mean? Another good shot to win the whole thing. So 
Um, no, it's exciting to see. I love, I love keeping up with it. And then you kind of mentioned it, your sophomore season. That was obviously kind of the season that put you on the map. Your 33 points as a defenseman in 40 games. That's kind of where I remember all right, this kid from Minnesota, he's offense defenseman. He, did you set any records? It doesn't really say, but I believe at the time you set a, a couple records of like points as D-man, that type of stuff at the college. I think it was definitely close. It, it, there's definitely something, I don't know what it was, but it's just, it's just uh, it used to be a D2 school. So it was the, there's something between records being a, since a division one program or being a D2 program. So I, I don't even know honestly what they would be, but um, no, that was definitely the year, obviously that kind of the catalyst going forward uh, that definitely put me on the map. Um, I knew I wasn't going to leave that year. I could have, but I mean, there's no point, right? You, Cause I mean, you want to, if you're going to the NHL, you, you want to, you might never have an opportunity in the first place to go play in the NHL. But if you do get an opportunity, you better you better be ready because that might be your only shot. So I knew if if I was going to go after my sophomore year, I wasn't going to be ready, right? So um, no, and I and I wanted to go back anyway. So so yeah, then I went back for my junior year there. So and then after your junior year, you left. You didn't play your senior season at Mankato. Did you end up going to a Flyers training camp that? off season after your junior year no so after my sophomore year um i i went uh that that summer just the rookie camp um development camp they call it um so i went to that in philly um it was definitely experience it was actually one of the first year i think it was the first year because usually those development camps are absolute beggars and Philly, I believe, was one of the first ones to do it where they didn't absolutely kill us like normal. Um, so we did. It was more so a learning experience. Um, I mean, we did. It was more so we were doing skill stuff and not getting absolutely whacked around um, like previous years. And I think pretty much every organization, even at that point, was still um, just beating their guys up for development camps. And that's obviously all their draft picks. Um, and then whoever else they invite, um, whether it's college guys um, to, I guess, come experience that. Is there a limit? Do you know on how many players they can invite or have there for open? I don't know. I honestly don't know. Because um, I know at the end of the week, it was a three-on-three -three tournament. I can't remember how many guys there were, though. So, but yeah, that was before my junior year. And then after my junior year, that's um we lost our last game my junior year in Mankato and then I believe I played my first NHL game two weeks later so I guess kind of before I ask this next question I just thought of one kind of talking about college and you talked yeah. about um some of the opportunities you get in college or even juniors to where if you have a sniff of the NHL you better make the best of it otherwise you might not get another shot Going to a hockey school um, in Mankato, I mean, some of the other ones like North Dakota, Grand Forks, or some historic uh, college hockey schools to go to. Yeah. Would you say going to a school like that helped you kind of get your get your feet wet 
to be able to prepare yourself for the NHL? And kind of what was that like going to a college like that to where, I mean, you always hear, hear stories of basically you, you're treated like a celebrity on campus because of the, um, I guess, how highly they hold their hockey. Yeah, I mean, we're like, the hockey program is the only division one program at Mankato. So um, it wasn't necessarily, there's celebrity status there, like probably like Nodak or uh, the Gophers. Um, but it was, I, I just liked it so much, even, even campus wise. I, I mean, not, I'm not a big school guy, but um, just the campus is all, it was just compact. Like everything was right there. Um, our practice facility was, geez, I don't know, could walk from campus in maybe five, 10 minutes. So, I mean, it was right there. And obviously my brother was there. That was a big part of it, but no, I just, I just loved the small town feel. Um, not like a Minneapolis feel, anything like that. So, um, that was definitely just big reason that I wanted to go there it was just the it was just a different feel I mean you go to some of those big campuses and they're so big that I mean it's like a full city so I mean there could be it could be their rank on the other side of town and I didn't I didn't exactly want that so I wasn't really in it for the status it was more so the feel so <laughs> I didn't really care what what the school is called anything like that it was just a feel Sounds good. They're kind of talking about uh, rinks. I mean, I'm sure you've played in, I mean, dozens, if not hundreds at this point. Um, kind of getting into the professional side of your career, what arena slash fan base would you say made for the toughest road games? It was just like, oh, we're going here again this week. And you got to kind of mentally prepare, physically prepare for what's about to happen that week. Yeah. Um, gosh. I would say the toughest place to play in my professional career was actually in the American Hockey League, um, Syracuse Crunch. That's Tampa's AHL team. Oh my gosh! Every time we went there, it was it was, gosh, it was it was a war. That's for sure. Um, otherwise, I mean, in the NHL, I didn't get to play it a, like 10, 20 games at each rink, right? So I only played maybe a handful at most, um, in some rinks. So, but I mean, my, my favorite place to play, even though it was tough was, uh, the bell center in Montreal. That was, uh, that was always rowdy. Um, gosh, I don't know. There's so many, pretty much every road game is tough. I, I know Toronto is a tough place to play. And any, even when we played Toronto in Buffalo, um, half over half the rank would be Toronto fans because the Buffalo season ticket holders, they would sell their tickets to Toronto fans for a premium. So we'd never have a home game against Toronto. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, it was, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't a great feeling, especially if you're, oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, just that feeling in your, in your home barn playing Toronto but it actually feels like an away game that's a it's definitely a different feeling <laughs> so. another part again uh, I'm sure that's difficult of um, being a professional athlete what part beyond the what the eyes see the cameras see the media see <clears throat> you say is the toughest part about being a professional athlete um 
I mean, it's a full-time job. Um, I mean, you're always doing something, whether it's healing, <laughs> healing away from the rink. I mean, you're always beat up, right? Um, so I don't miss that part. Um, but I mean, away from the pretty much everything you guys don't see is what actually makes us capable of doing our job. And that's whether you're in the gym, whether you're getting treated for an injury, whether it's eating right, um, just everything accumulated that the cameras don't see is really all that matters and puts us in those positions to do our job. So yeah, there's, then, just, there's just so much accumulated together that, um, yeah, I mean, all pretty much everything that matters is off the, definitely off camera. So, and then um, kind of walk us through what the process was. How did you officially become a member of the Buffalo Sabres right after the end of your junior year? Yeah, like you said it was like the two week period of your <laughs> last game, and then appearing for Buffalo and the main stage. Yeah. Um, so uh, I got done with my junior season there last game and I had to make the final decision on, okay, am I turning pro or not? So um, I, I was, I hate talking about myself as you can tell, <laughs> but um, I, I could have uh, went to any organization, but once I realized that I was turning pro, once I made that decision, then it was, it comes down to, okay, where am I going to play? Um, and I was, I was in a, and I was in a great position being whatever you want to call it, highly sought after um, unrestricted college free agent. So I kind of had my, I had all my places to pick, but you always want to go, where obviously they need players in that position. And usually that's some of the lower tier teams um, for that year. Um, so it's definitely wherever I fit best, um, but also where could I step in and play in the NHL right now? So um, it was between, we cut it down to five teams and then we cut it down to two teams and it was Buffalo and Arizona. So um we just decided Buffalo and uh, kind of went from there. Um, I once I once I made that decision, it was I was off to Buffalo in gosh maybe like three hours. I had to get my stuff packed and head to the airport. Um, so it was it was really quick. Once I signed my contract, I was I was off to Buffalo within hours. So. And then your first contract, was that just for, was that just a PTO for the rest of that season or was that no, so the that was, official entry level yeah, deal that yeah. everybody gets? Yep. Yeah, so that was entry level contract, uh, whatever it is, entry level max. Um, so I could only sign a one year because, so it all comes, it all comes down to your age. So I was already 20, what, 23? 24 yeah. so i could only sign a one-year entry level um if i would have played my senior year and signed after i could have signed I, I wouldn't have been entry level contract anymore so um 
that's where the whole entry level contracts come into play. If I would have signed after my sophomore year, I would have signed a two year entry level. So um, it's all about it's all about your age, not how many years you can get on your contract, stuff like that. So it's kind of all it's already decided for you, just depending on when you sign. Gotcha. And then so, one more quick question here before I toss it over to Colin here for his. Yeah. Jake McCabe, also from Wisconsin, yeah. same age group. Did you talk to him at all before going out to Buffalo at all? Did you uh, reach out at no. all? No, I no. didn't. Um, I didn't even really know. Like I obviously knew of him, and I maybe I don't even remember if if uh, we met each other in person before then. But um, no, yeah, I, we never we never talked before. But obviously, right when I got to Buffalo, we we met. So yeah. Great guy. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. Just down to earth. Um, before I ask this next question, again, another one kind of coming to mind as far as the transition between um, basically the, the college or AHL level and then finally the last step to the NHL. In some other sports, like, I mean, like the NFL, you have your combine, you have kind of that clear cut transition process between your second to last step and okay, I've made it to the big leagues. In the NHL, is there any, again, kind of steps that you, cause there isn't like a, a big nationally televised, like, oh, NHL combine, at least not that I, like I, I've seen, cause I'm somewhat new to the sport of hockey myself yeah. or been following it for a handful of years. But is there kind of a, a I guess, something that you would compare to a NFL combine that's kind of that in-between process for an NHL player? Um, I mean, there is an NHL combine, but so that would be, they do that before. So actually just like uh, NFL. So they actually do, that'll be the younger guys. Um, so once they turn 18 or no, it's even before that draft year, I can't even remember. I thought uh -huh. if you're eligible for that draft. You yeah. Don't. So it's all, it's all about, so it would be those young, young guys. Um, there is an actual NHL combine for those young, young, young studs um, to do if they're invited to it, obviously um, to do before the draft. So that, that, that does happen before draft every year. Um, I, I, I couldn't tell you if it's televised or not, but um I don't know how I don't even know how relevant that is honestly anymore just because everyone's so young and they're they're just recruiting younger and younger anyways some of these especially like like agents they're recruiting kids that are 14 not yeah or less like it's insane now like they're get like they're honestly getting to like that before teenage kind of time so it's it's nuts that actually kind of ties perfectly in, into my next question. So given the long grueling road from youth hockey to the NHL, what advice would you give a young boy or girl starting out with hockey? Um, I, like, like I said before, like, like I think if, if, if they kept playing the sports that they've been playing even before hockey, like, like I, I just think multi-sport athletes are the best athletes. Um, and not only that, just, just to have fun. Right. I mean, that's, that's really all it's about. If you don't, if you don't enjoy hockey, you don't do it. You know what I mean? But um, that's kind of when, the, where the parents come into this stuff, like you can tell some of them just push their kids so hard to play one sport or the other, even <laughs> maybe because they played it before or whatever it is. And 
just some of these kids you can tell don't want to play the sport their their parents want them to play so <laughs> it's definitely I mean if it's all about having fun so I mean that's 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 my best advice is just do what you enjoy and um don't look back sounds good and then I got two questions here um people compare obviously you got to play there would you say like people say NHL is easier than the AHL level just because of the fact that everybody at the AHL level is trying to make it back up where everybody at the NHL level, you're kind of already at that prestige level. Would you say that that's true? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely different types of easy, easier. Um, Like, like those top two lines in the NHL are, I mean, you better be able to skate, especially as a defenseman against them. And that's, that's why, that's kind of why I was put in that position for at least a part, part-time, um, one of the, one or two of the years, um, just cause I could skate with those guys. So I, I had a much easier time defending some of the best guys in the world rather than those bottom two guys. Cause I, I wasn't very big. I mean, I was only 185 pounds. So, um, but I mean, there's like those guys just make stupid plays. So, um, that's, so, I mean, that, that's just different, um, than say in the AHL where, like you said, everyone's not only that, but everyone, like, obviously it's tough cause everyone wants to get up, but everyone's trying to kill you at all times down there. So <laughs> it's definitely, um, a meaner game in the AHL, um, on average, um, but those bottom two lines in the NHL are, I would say that's definitely a lot more like AHL hockey, obviously more skilled, but um, it's, it's a, it's a media game down there. That's for sure. Sounds good. And then that transitions to my second question here. What is that like the process of going, moving between the NHL team and the AHL team during the season? I know you you were back and forth between for a couple of years. What like what is that like? Like, do they tell you, all right, we're sending you down. You got to hop on the bus or take a plane here, 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 and then we're gonna yeah. need you back. Like, how does that whole thing work? Yeah, I mean that's kind of what it is. It's, I mean that, I mean, uh, to be honest, I mean you're just it's all business, right? It's just a business. So um, wherever they need you, they'll send you. Um, if they they're gonna trade you, they're gonna trade you. There's no no, I mean, there is hard feelings at times, right? But it's, I mean, it's a business and it's cutthroat. So, um, you, like I said before, like you have such a small window um, of opportunity if you even get that window to make it to the NHL. So, but yeah, I mean, answering your question, it's like, say I'm playing in the AHL and usually you got to be doing pretty damn well um, to be looked at, to come up, um, depending on what they have for prospects down there, their draft pick, stuff like that. So, um, they, they, they obviously like to give their guys that they drafted, right. Um, more than likely first dibs on a lot of stuff. Um, so, I mean, some of that stuff was kind of frustrating. It was, it was good. Definitely in Buffalo. Cause they didn't really have any high drafted, um, defensemen that were down in the AHL. Um, a lot of those guys were already in Buffalo. So that was definitely good, but I, I could definitely tell in a forwards, a forward uh, point of view was 
Um, they definitely leaned on some of those younger kids that were draft picks um, over um, some of the guys that weren't, even if they weren't playing quite as well. So it's just a combination of who they want to bring up, uh, someone hurt, um, can they fill the same role? So, I mean, it, it just, there's so many, there's so many different factors that weigh in um, to making those decisions for them. Um, so, yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of decision-making to that process. There's just so many factors, like I said, and you might like it, like, I'm sorry, I'm trying to word this the best I can. Um, just that small window. Like if you, if you don't, if you get one opportunity, that's, that's great. But there's so many times that um, you're looking in the AHL guys have been down there for five, 10 years without a sniff in the NHL. Um, they, and they could be doing all the exact things. Um, there could be injuries, but they still might not get the call. So um, and that kind of brings me back to my first point of being ready, coming out of college to play in the NHL. Um, but then after, after a bit, bit of time, even that year after I had signed, I, I definitely wasn't ready full time. Um, it's just, you have to be so consistent. Um, so yeah, like, like, even if you do get that shot, you, <laughs> you might not be ready. So I don't know. Sorry. That's, that's a big, big blender <laughs> of crap. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was perfectly, I think you answered that perfectly and then like was is there ever a case too like you said it's a business you're the players are basically the pawns and all these different movements is there ever like a time where okay ahl like you were in rochester is there ever a time where you're getting ready with the team breakfast whatever the case may be and you get a call like when all right big team needs you you gotta jump right over and just completely drop your squad right there and go oh yeah oh yeah you could it could be at any point in time literally any point yeah yeah they could they could call you up mid-game like anything like uh nothing's unheard of um in the ahl for guys getting called up it could be the most ridiculous um traveling experience to get there too like across the country <laughs> there's like just the craziest stories like guys um, where, where there used to be AHL teams on one side of the country and their NHL team on the other, like guys would hop across the whole country and they get there and oh, you got to, we're sending you back down. Like stuff like that used to happen all the time. And I mean, it still does. It's just um, on average, those teams are very close to each other now. Not uh, cause I mean, I remember San Jose was um, their AHL team was gosh, we're, uh, we're, is it Worcester or Worcester or something like that? But I think that was in Massachusetts, I want to say. Somewhere in the East Coast. So, I mean, they're completely opposite sides of the country. Um, so <laughs> there's there's stories, anything you can think of, it's probably happened for, for guys going up and down. <laughs> so, yeah, my final question here for you, and again, kind of the focal point, it seems, of really this whole conversation is staying ready and um, being ready to be called up no matter what level you're at. Kind of tying into now your post-professional career, um, I guess a two-part question. Have you have you kept yourself ready now being a year, year or two out of the league? 
And if the right situation were to happen, would you ever consider going back into the league into the right team? Mm, probably not. No, no. I mean, I'm not, I'm definitely not ready to play. I mean, I probably could be in say a few months. I mean, I, I stopped playing when I, I, I definitely wasn't um, topped out in, in any, definitely not. Um, but could I could I be in a few months? Yeah, probably. But I I wouldn't play in this environment. Um, I'm not a big mask guy. You, you'd never you'll never see me with a mask on. I'm not. So I mean, I have my my reasons that I would would never um, go back and play. Um, yeah, I just uh, I, I stopped playing. I, I would say my re main reason was it I just um, I wasn't intrigued anymore. I, I needed something I needed. I, I just want to do basically anything other than hockey. So um, not saying I didn't want to play hockey, but there's just so much more out there that I wanted to either accomplish or see or follow through with. And uh, that's when I, I would say my biggest catalyst for that was because I had a reason and my reason was real estate. That was definitely, if I, if I wasn't so intrigued with real estate, I'd, maybe still be playing, but at the same time, I, I was just ready to be done. I wasn't going to play in this climate or go through the crap that they're going through just to play the game. Like I have my, I've got my uh, reasons not to, let's just say that, but I enjoy, I enjoy um, not playing. That's for sure. Especially right now. So um, yeah, I got a lot of different things going on that I, I'm glad I'm doing. And um, so after my, my last year there um, in Rochester, um, I had back-to-back I had -back concussions right at the end of the year there before we got sent home. And uh, that was definitely part of it, but I would say more so I just, I wanted to be done and I wanted to do other things. Sounds good. Yeah, then that, that goes into my last couple of questions here for you. At that point, like you mentioned, how franchises prioritize draft picks, other moves that they come in, just on the outside looking at the situation that you were in, you're playing all the time, then all of a sudden they started trading for some of these top-end defensemen that they started bringing over from all these other teams that they didn't want. You have Jack Eichel on your team, who's a huge, you know, the face of that franchise. You have mm -hmm. Rasmus Dahlin was drafted, I believe, when you were still on the team. Like, do you feel like they kind of like forced your not saying like they forced you not to like be playing in the NHL, but do you also like from what I saw was that like you you were definitely capable of playing at that level. You did a great job when you were, and it kind of seems like they forced your hand almost to be the up and down guy instead of just sticking it, staying with the top team. Like, do you ever feel like that like they kind of like forced that on you? I mean, With some of the moves that they made, obviously you're not in control of that, but like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say they forced my hand. They're, they're always trying to get better. Right. No matter what position it is. Um, I would say maybe they, I would maybe go and say they didn't embrace what I was bringing to the team at, at whatever point in time. Um, probably didn't help um, that. I, I would say at the top of my NHL career when I was, playing the most and, um, stuff like that, I got hurt. So that didn't help. 
Um, I was out for, gosh, I don't know, <laughs> a good four months. Um, yeah, that was when, when me and Darlene were playing together. We were playing stupid good. So, I mean, that was, it's, it's all timing, right? And uh, when you're playing good, when you aren't playing good, like there's just so many things that have to go perfectly right for you to really staple yourself, um, say in the league for a long time. So yeah, just, it just, um, it didn't, it just didn't work that way. So, and it, and it not always, and it doesn't always work that way. I mean, some guys don't make it full-time in the NHL for five, six, seven, eight years. So <laughs> some guys are playing in the NHL or the AHL for five, six, seven, eight years, and they finally get their one shot. And, oh, look at that. They get the not saying they shouldn't have been there in the first place for the previous years, but they finally get a shot and they're, they're very well seasoned veteran in the AHL. So they know exactly how to play the game. And those are, I feel like those are a lot of the, a lot of the guys that are doing really well um, from some of my previous AHL seasons um, that have been teammates, they, they do really well um, in the NHL when they finally get their shot. So I would definitely say the AHL is very important for some guys um, to go through, uh, just learning experience and playing the right way. Uh, so, yeah. Do you think playing in the AHL, like obviously if you have the opportunity to go in, say you had to go back, would you have left your sophomore year and put yourself in the AHL experience rather than staying your junior year in the NCAA or WCHA or NCAA D1? Like, would you do you, what experience do you think is, I guess, would help you out in the longer run? You never really know, right? So, I, but I would, I would definitely um, pick to for sure stay play and play college another year there for my junior year so no I'm glad I did that um yeah I just I, I knew I wasn't ready but also I loved it at Mankato and um especially when you can come in and be one of the top guys uh, for that junior year and try to help the team um win win something big um that we didn't exactly capitalize our sophomore year so and then was there ever a time when you were on Buffalo that you thought about potentially even asking for a trade, wanting to go somewhere else, fresh scene, just to p potentially even get a new opportunity? Um, or like you said, when you decided to call it a, call it a career dead set on doing that, wanting to experience so many other things because hockey is what you've done basically your the majority yeah. of your adult life so far. Yeah. Um, we didn't really explore. I, didn't, I never said I wanted a trade, but we definitely explored other options. Uh, after my, after my third year there before my, before my last season. So that was definitely a talk. Um, but, um, like nowadays it doesn't matter what team I'd go to right now. Um, I, I just wouldn't want to play in this climate. Just what these guys have to go to, through every every day. <laughs> no, thank you. So, um, I'm I'm very content on doing what I'm doing right now, um, and 
Definitely. I like one of the big things, especially with concussion wise. Um, I'm glad I was able to step away from the game on my own terms too. Um, Cause I, that, that second one uh, out of the two uh, definitely kind of put stuff into perspective that uh, it was the first one that really, really bothered me like stomach wise and wasn't a good feeling for a good month. And uh, that was definitely part of it, but yeah, more so I was just, I was ready to do other things and really, really explore the world and not kind of have that freedom back. Um, Cause I mean, when you're playing, you're, got to be here at a certain time and then you got to go here like just obviously but I mean that's part of the gig right and, and I knew that and and I loved it but I was just ready to ready to do my own thing and um I knew I had something to fall back on that I really loved um and that was real estate so last question for you did you get in any tilts in the NHL or the AHL? yeah I got in uh, I got in one actually <laughs> uh definitely the wrong guy to fight but who did i fight um gosh who did i fight do you know who i fought i'm looking right now okay I, uh furland michael furland yep <laughs> this guy's a this guy's an absolute psycho so he was definitely one of the tougher guys in the league for a long time um, so it, it was over quick, thank God. But, um, he, he, I was going for a puck behind our net and I got, uh, blindsided and I smoked my head off the glass. So I was kind of, I was kind of like, I, 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 I don't know if I would have say I'd have had a conky, but I was definitely out of it. And I kind of skated slow back to the front of my net. I wasn't really sure where the puck was. It was definitely in the zone still. Um, but I saw a guy, uh, skate in front of me. I saw his skate. So I whacked him like this and it was, it was Furland and, uh, <laughs> we shed the gloves. I was, I was definitely out of it still, but, um, it ended up, it was Furland that hit me too. And I didn't even know that at the time. So that's what I mean. I was completely out of it, but it, it was over quick. Thank God. <laughs> Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I just had to look on hockeyfights.com. They said 90% Furland got the W. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I, th I, I, threw one, I threw one over the top, and it definitely didn't make it to him. And then he hit me once on top of the head, and it was pretty much over. Yeah, he fell over the top of me, and, yeah, I wasn't going to win that. So 10% of the people said it was a draw, though. So. <laughs> yeah, just because it was over so damn quick. <laughs> If it went any longer, I would have been dead. So, uh, but no, the guys loved it, even though I didn't win. <laughs> and then, who do you? Who would you say? Another question that just came up: Who would you say had the biggest impact on you as far as being a young kid coming to the NHL team? Is there a guy that took you underneath his wing, kind of showed you the ropes? Are the vets kind of are they like that, or is it so business like to where it's like, hey kid, I gotta focus on doing my shit because I don't want to be the one going down. Is yeah, it like that. Um, definitely a combination of both. I mean, you have your guys that are, you have your guys that are maybe like when I got in there, um, like Josh Georges helped me out a ton. Um, Mark Pissick, who was my D partner there for those seven games after my junior year 
Uh, they definitely embraced me, but there's also obviously other guys that maybe weren't full full-time guys um, that weren't exactly happy to see you come in um, for the last several games of the year. So it's definitely a combination of both. But yeah, um, overwhelming majority of the guys are really, really positive and trying to help you out and make you feel comfortable. So, um, I, and I would, I'd, I can guarantee that's across the league is definitely those vets are going to try to make your experience for the better. I mean, I mean, they're trying to, and it probably just depends on, um, not only the character of those vets, but if say, say they're trying to sign a college free agent guy, um, again, after the year, you know what I mean? You got to make his experience as best as possible. So, um, but the, they usually pamper you pretty good um, if they're trying to uh, keep you after that stint. So, um, no, it was overall, it was an awesome experience. And, um, yeah, those first, I mean, those first NHL games, I definitely remember the most. My last question here for you. What was it like playing with Jack Eichel? Yeah. Like how, uh, how good is, cause obviously yeah. people like, that's the one thing it's like, people got to see this little short stint of him before this whole neck thing. And it's just like, yeah. people are waiting for the comeback. People are like, this guy's one of the greatest, like this guy's unbelievable. How good of like, how good is Jack Eichel? He's, he's insane. Um, I mean, he can, he, I mean, we really only had a really, really good shot um, of, scoring when he was on the ice obviously in buffalo um obviously him and reinhardt were a big 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 offensive piece for buffalo um when i was there but i mean you can he can take it end to end pretty much whenever he wants so i mean that's and that's against the best players in the world so um i mean just watching him every day was i mean you're watching one of the best players in the world, but he's just so powerful in everything he does. And uh, as he's matured over the years, he's just getting better and better and more of a complete player um, defensively. So that's really fun to watch, um, especially as a younger kid um, starting out. I mean, I was, gosh, I was, couple of years older than him when I came in, you know what I mean? Um, my like right when I came in after my junior year and, um, it, <laughs> it just feels weird cause he's, he's younger than me, but I'm, he's like the vet compared to me coming in and he's trying to make me feel comfortable and stuff like that. So it, no, but he's, he's awesome guy. And I, I'm definitely going to go watch him, see him play in Vegas here once, once he gets back. But it sounds like he's progressing really well. I think he's going to start practicing this week with them. So then this kind of got me. Craziest story, best moment of the NHL party and rookie party with the guys. Like, what was, is there a funny story, a story you could tell us, share? Um, Obviously, you don't have to name drop guys if you don't want to. But... Yeah, no. Um, I mean, gosh. There's lots of stories, right? But I would definitely say one of my favorite stories was when we were in Vegas. Uh, this wasn't my rookie party. This is the following year's rookie party. Uh, and it was in Vegas. But 
we are all around the craps table. There's probably 10, 15 of us. And uh, one of the guys kept, I, for, I, for, I forgot the hands for craps, um, but it was, um, I think it was hard eight or something. I can't remember what, what it is, but it was, it was just something that wasn't, it wasn't something that you were supposed to hit often. Um, but he kept yelling it and just cause he, he wanted to hit it, but he hit this, I think it was hard eight or I can't remember, but he kept yelling it before each of his throw. And he did it like five times in a row. And I don't know if you see in some of those movies where everyone starts gathering around the table and it gets louder and louder. That's what happened. <laughs> it was, it was rowdy in that. I, I don't know which we we're in one of the bigger hotel casinos and, uh, it, it was like a scene out of a movie where, where he was rolling for like 30, 40 minutes. Um, and that, that doesn't, that's like a, I guess you're supposed to maybe see that once in your lifetime. So <laughs> that was definitely part of it. Drinks for the boys after, huh? Oh yeah. And during, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Always that full day, full day. <laughs> oh shit. Then, um, I guess it's brought up. I don't know why I keep saying one more question. Um, no, just keep, yeah, keep firing away, whatever you want. Do you guys fly private? Uh, yeah. When you get, yeah, is it always private? Yeah, yeah. So like when we say we we usually practice and then we take off for a road game. So um, we'd get done practicing, we'd eat at the rink there, um, or some guys would go grab. Um, chipotle to bring on the plane or whatever whatever you want to do i mean there's food everywhere for us right um i mean at the rank it's it's insane i mean we have full-time chef there uh full i mean a full chef um supply so i mean there's probably 10 workers just for us um putting stuff together at all times so i mean we have they call it the never hungry league because there's i mean there's not only that but i mean on the plane you have a few different options for sure um every plane ride um for food so i mean you have food at the rank then you get on the plane there's food there's snacks there's fruit platters there's vegetable like there's pretty much everything whenever you want it um but yeah we fly private so we after say a practice there for road we'd um drive to the airport separately and you're just you just have to be on the plane at a certain point so we just go park um it'd be back side of the airport so not the actual public airport so on the other side there's other hangars that you see and that's all private so we just go park at the private facility there and we'd walk onto the plane and um fly wherever and then walk right off the plane onto the bus so um there's no didn't have to go through any airports other than when we flew to canada so um just because you have to go through customs but is that the same in the AHL too? Um, no, I mean, so where we were, where where I was, we actually, I guess, had one of the best busing schedules in Rochester. It was Just close, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, everything was within. I mean, there's a few teams within a couple hours, and then there's maybe a couple that were three, four hours away, um, and then one or two that were. 
like those Canadian teams like Belleville. I can't remember how many hours, but maybe five or six max. Um, so no, we had, we had a decent busing schedule. Obviously it's not the most comfortable, but it could be worse. Let's just say that. Did you and McCormick ever play against each other? Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't remember when, but yeah, we did. Um, trying to think of anybody else. How cool is that though? Like, obviously you guys played AAA together as little kids and then, yeah. And yeah. the playing against each other in the NHL. It's like from, both from little small towns in Wisconsin. It's just like yeah. it's pretty pretty crazy. No, it was awesome. Yeah, I was talking to him like a month ago actually. Um, because he he was called up for Seattle and they're they're here in Arizona. So um I actually saw his little brother Sam um at an ASU game right before that. So that's good. And then we kind of got in contact again. But yeah, no, it's awesome. I love I love that sort of thing. Just seeing everyone growing up um, that you played with or against and seeing them make it. So it's awesome. Golfer, big golfer guy. Yeah. Yeah. I love to golf. I haven't, I haven't went in gosh, a good few weeks. So it's not good. I need to get out, <laughs> <laughs> but it's finally nice again. It's there's like a four week period where it was kind of, iffy weather here but it's uh sunshine pretty much every day now so well that's awesome man congratulations on everything you know it was a great interview congratulations on your career it was fun obviously playing against you as a little kid and getting to watch that whole your whole experience growing up too is yeah. kind of awesome to see no it's awesome yeah thank you thanks for having me on it was i love sharing i just like sharing Pretty much, I don't, I don't even, like, obviously, I like sharing the hockey side of things, but I love uh, the other side of things, too, now that I'm doing so. You ever come back to Wisconsin at all? Parents um, still live back here? Or so, I, I came back to Wisconsin for, to Rapids, actually, for, a, we put a camp on, um, gosh, when was that? Towards the end of summer there. Um, so... That was that was my first time putting something on in Rapids. Uh, me and Kelly Jeminski, um, and a couple others around there. So no, that was fun. Uh, we want to do that kind of yearly now, just to uh, try to grow the game back there in Rapids because the numbers are way down. So that it seems like it's everywhere here in Wisconsin crazy. now. It's, it's yeah, crazy. it's it is. But and yeah, there. yeah, yeah. Yeah, anytime you come back, dude, stay in touch. We can shoot around to golf or if we ever make it down to Arizona. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I'm, I'll be around here for sure. So um, otherwise, yeah, I'll probably come back to Wisconsin around there for definitely that one time a year for that camp, but uh, maybe some more for golf. So. Well, sounds good. We appreciate your time very much, man. And hope you have a great rest of your great great rest of your day and whatever and we'll stay in touch sounds good thank you thank you, you.